And hello, Recovery Fam, and welcome back to the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, Drew. And I put the fun and dysfunctional. I'm Palmer. This is Season 4, Episode 54, Voice of Hope. That's right. That's right. without further delay, roll that intro. Unashamed Recovery Podcast. Yep, that's how it's done. The Unashamed Recovery Podcast. Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh, Drew, and Palmer starts now. Here at Unashamed Recovery, we believe there is healing in the story of our scars and that it is okay not to be okay. It is our mission to break the shame and stigma of addiction and recovery by sharing real stories of real addiction from real people and real recovery and real sobriety. That's right. Today, we have a testimony episode for... Everybody, after we know how much y'all love testimonies, y'all don't listen to any of the other episodes, y'all just listen to testimonies, <laughs> and we are pleased to bring you another testimony. Today, we are joined by the Director of Voice of Hope Recovery in McGee, Mississippi, Mr. John Layton. John, welcome to the Unashamed Many Recovery welcome. Podcast. Man, it is so good to be here, guys. Good to have you. Yeah. Man, great good to yeah. have you. Good to meet you. Man, great to meet you too, Palmer. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't know him until he walked in, so well, I had to introduce would, myself. And If you would read the uh, No, I packets. did read. I'm just saying I had never met the gentleman, <laughs> sir. Well, I met him uh, in, at Overflow, and that was been, what, about two years ago? Yeah, it's been a point. while. Yeah, it's been about two years. Yeah. And that was one of the greatest times that I had telling my testimony, I actually... Overflows are a rowdy group. Oh, they're exciting. But Tons of exciting. You can't help but to love Overflow. Right? <laughs> I, I put Overflow right up there with Restoring the Broken. Like oh, those on. two groups. Oh, my boy Tang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those two groups are rowdy. They, yeah. they love Jesus. They love recovery. Rowdy in a good way. You've been to Restoring the Broken. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've played Restore, yeah. uh, Restoring the Broken a couple times. What a, what a, what a group. But anyway, yes. yes. So Overflow, Restoring the Broken, shout out to them. If you want to see what recovery is about, as far as going to meetings and going to groups and stuff like that, you got to go check out Overflow or Restoring the Broken. For sure. Yeah, because they're about sure. celebrating it. You know, I wish that, you know, we could go to a lot more groups that were about celebrating recovery and being in recovery. Uh, it's not so ho-hum that everybody has to be so down and out about it. It's something to take serious, but also something to, you know, have have a little Most fun definitely. with. It is a did celebration. Did say ho-hum? Mm-hmm. He did. Love he did. One. He said it. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, John, I'm so glad to have you on the show to to share your story with us and our listeners. And as we get into your story, I'm assuming your story has a chapter one oh, yeah. of where everything began. What would you call chapter one? Oh, I put you on the spot. It's okay. You know, I think the number one thing when I tell my testimony, I want everybody to know right off the bat is there is no addiction in my family history hmm. at all man that's amazing at all yeah that's so the enemy is no respecter of a person it don't mm. matter whether you're a pastor son or whether you're a meth addict son that's right the enemy is out to kill steal and destroy everything that god Ooh. has for you so i always bring that up my whole family is well known in the communities and i don't have no uh, addiction in my family but God had a plan for my life, and, the, and Satan knew that, 
and he tried to destroy that. So I was saved at the age of 11. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at an early age. God called me into the ministry, and I was actually working church camps. Uh, I was actually leading people to the Lord until chapter 1 hit. Chapter 1 was when I dislocated my shoulder and couldn't play baseball my senior year. Mm-hmm. Accountability. When all my friends was going to baseball practice, that's when John started smoking marijuana. Oh, man. So I was already drinking beers on the weekend, but when I got out of that accountability, I started smoking weed, and that's where Satan had me. I, I like it. Chapter one, <laughs> accountability. Like, and, and, man, doesn't that start for all of us, like losing yeah. that accountability? Yep. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, li- I like it. You know, I, I never thought about that. That's that's well, we talked of- about that whenever we talk about you know relapse and stuff like that. Because once you start stepping out of groups and start stop reading, as uh, Palmer always gets into to discussions about as far as reading the Bible, when you start stepping away from that, you mm-hmm. start to lose accountability for yourself. Right. You start yeah. to really just kind of backslide, and you start to open up doors and venues that normally wouldn't be there because you're not being accountable anymore. Hey, I gotta say that I've used your statistics uh, about the four days, yeah, um, to many people. Since you told it to me. But it's right. It's it's extremely right. I mean, all, four days a week, basically, if you haven't heard that episode, four days, if, if you'll read your Bible at least four days a week, um, five minutes a day, then statistics have proven that you won't do the things that you, so, uh, of, of the world. Uh, you'll be Mental like, Paul, health. you won't do the things that you don't want to do. Well, sixty, do. <laughs> well, for 60% of people, their mental health increases, uh, depression decreases, uh, like your addiction starts to decrease as well. Right. I think it was what about ten to twenty percent. I can't yeah. remember the exact numbers. You'd have to go back and listen to that episode. But I mean, it's just the significant drop. Yeah. And the poor mental health, the poor accountability that you have right. for yourself. Right. The more that you read and you tie in, mm-hmm. the better you feel. Right. I mean, and this is—it's not just about reading the words; it's about feeling it. Yeah, I heard uh, Kelly K. Y'all know, y'all know I love Kelly. <laughs> Man crush on Kelly K. We need Kelly K this on the show like, one day. This is like the fifth episode. It's I know. Every, it's, no, because, it's, hold on, it's because I, I watch him daily. I watch his videos on TikTok daily. So um, do we need to change the the, the title to Kelly K? Yeah, yeah. Man, so, Man crush Kelly K. No voice of hope. We're doing Kelly K. You're just we so want you, Kelly K. That's right. <laughs> on the so, show. <laughs> so. Kelly said the other day that um, you don't read the Word of God. The Word of God reads you. Which is true. Yeah. Because everybody's interpretation it's, it's is It's living different. and breathing. Yes. And so we're not reading the Word of God. And I had never never heard it put that way. So it's living and breathing. And so we're not reading it. It's reading us. You ever done I thought the, that was uh, awesome. what is it called? The verse roulette where you just kind of flip the book open. Uh, there's you, no way that you do that. Dude, we do that at Voice of Hope. If we have a Debo leader that cancels, that's what we do. Oh, no. And God like, has spoke more to my guys through verse roulette than anything. Yep. Man. I'm serious, dude. We're going to do a whole episode. Drew, I love you even roulette. more, man. <laughs> verse it's just roulette. like if I can't, if I'm already, it's like I'll read and I'll be on certain chapters and certain books. Yeah. But there's just sometimes I need something different for right. that yes. day. You know, and so if I can't decide on where I want to be at, in, you know, in my Bible at that day, I'll just kind of flip it open and point. Yep. And boom, there it is. Yes. And it applies and it's applicable to that entire day. Every time I've tried that, I always point off the Bible. Well, you know, you got big fat fingers. Yep, that's it. <laughs> anyway. So 
That's we, awesome. I'm sorry. So, John, uh, first, uh, uh, chapter one is accountability. So is there more that we need to know about accountability, or or do we need to just go ahead and move on to chapter two? Man, accountability, there's so much. We could do a whole podcast just on accountability. All right, well, give me the cliff notes, because I have ADHD, and I'll be like, <laughs> squirrel! <laughs> That's two of us. Well, and my lack of accountability is where I picked up those friends I shouldn't have picked up. Yeah. Um, the ones that put the pipe in my mouth. Right. Yeah. Um, that led me down a 25-year meth addiction. So Ooh. in Chapter 1 was the short-lived marijuana at first, and it was only just a couple months later that it was meth from there. So was it so traumatic with the shoulder thing? Was that like the steep traumatic experience for you not being able to go play baseball that it did lead because i know that trump you know everybody says that weed or alcohol is a gateway it's not the gateway right trauma is the gateway oh yeah period point blank well it it, it wasn't so much the trauma for me uh it was you know my life was sports right for my brother and i you know we we were very decent athletes. Uh, that's that's what we did at Mize. It was it's an athletic school. So I was kind of hurt. You know, I hurt my shoulder my second game of football my senior year. So I played the rest of the season, and it just steadily got worse. And then after season was over, I had to have shoulder surgery. So it, which took me out of baseball. But uh, yeah, it was it was it, that was drama for me. You know, I mean, I wanted to play baseball. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of almost like a death thing at yeah, that point. Yeah, Because I know whenever I stopped. Yeah, he, he had dreams. He, he, his yeah, because dream, I know when he I stopped his, playing. His, his, his road was probably to the, the MLB. Yeah. Right. That's what you wanted. Well, and, and at the same time, the, you talk about the drama part. See, remember, my brother's two years older than me, and he's already got a scholarship to Jones playing football. Well, he, he my brother was a good bit bigger than me and stronger than me, so therefore David – uh, he had already exceeded my expectations. Uh, here he is, like number one in the state, number two in the nation in leading tackles at Jones. And here his brother he is. Uh, my chances of playing football was pretty slim. I might could have walked on, but I had a better shot at playing baseball. Well, here's my shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. So it was like the enemy taking him out. So that drama you was yeah. talking about, Drew. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's his, his, his trauma was – that. Instead of like a death in the family, it was or, the death of sports. Exactly, yeah. it was the yeah. death of a I dream. Mean, mm-hmm. Well, because I mean, if, if like I know for me, playing sports from little yeah. up, I mean, that's all you know. Yeah, right. like you don't know anything else. That's where your friends are. That's where your parents, you know, the, the friends' parents. That you your true stay. friends. Yeah, your I mean, true that's friends where you that grew up. That's weekends. where you develop the family. Yes. Yeah, outside of your family, exactly. Like, if you're in that's sports. Right. That's where you develop your family. I mean, these are these yeah. are my boys. This is these are my people. Yeah, you know, for me it was uh, football and wrestling. You know, like I had friends that that lifelong friends and from wrestling and football that you know without them wouldn't have made it through high school. You know? Right, like for real, we went straight from weed to meth. There was nothing in between. Weed and alcohol. It well, was, I know <clears throat> alcohol, but yeah. al- okay, okay. Let's be honest. I mean, most most high school athletes are probably drinking a little bit with the buddies on the weekend. Yeah, but it's still so, not okay. I know it's not okay, but I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like that's the in-between between weed and meth. Maybe I need to back up just a touch. All right. Okay. So my dad was a very successful tool and die maker for General Motors. He worked in Laurel. The, the plant that he worked at 18 years was about to shut down, so he had to transfer to another plant. Had he been there when they shut down, he'd have lost all his seniority. He got transferred mm-hmm. to Lewisburg, Kansas, my mm-hmm. fresh sophomore year. 
my mom stayed back until right there the beginning of my senior year and then she was traveling she was flying to kansas every weekend to be with dad they just built a new house my brother was at jones here it was me had the house to myself on the weekend so yeah okay (laughs) yeah and in this moment satan spoke that lie over me well maybe your dad don't love you Mm. your mom don't love you if they leave you here alone so that lie, that seed planted in me, me knowing good and well that my dad left so me and my brother could have everything that we wanted or needed, right. the he devil turned it around. Yeah, yes. say, he he sacrificed, yes. Because as dads, we all know, we'd yes. prefer to be there with our children, but that man sacrificed his time with y'all so he could provide. Exactly. Right. And he even flew home every weekend my senior year and watched every football game oh, and flew man. back Sunday morning after church and would be at work Monday my mm-hmm. whole senior year. That's awesome. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of invested. But that's how crafty Satan is. Yeah. And you know, and you used to talk about that drama and you know that that hurt. Um, me knowing the truth, I still hurt because, you know, I did want my dad there right. every day. Yeah. But I know now, I knew I know now that he did it for my good. But that's how crafty Satan is. Oh yeah, it's just so, the veil that he he pulls over your eyes to because you'll see it his way while he's speaking. Mm-hmm. You start to see that. I know even in my marriage right now, you know, I was talking to Josh on the way up here about that. You know, it's just different little facets where you know he's speaking. Well, if she loved you, this would be different. If they loved you, this would be different. It would yeah. go this way. Yeah. When it's really going exactly the way it's supposed to, the way that God designed it to go. Yes. You know, we don't see it that way because Satan's not allowing it. Right. You know, or we're so close minded that we're not allowing ourselves to see it because we aren't really tapping into what God has for us. Because we didn't, you know, at that age, you don't know how to. I know I Right. I, no, no, no. I know when not I was 17, 18, 19, I mean, I was a part of fellowship, you know, Christian athletes and all that, but. Still had not a clue of what I was fellowshipping for. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, right. I, I knew it was all good. I knew that it was a, you know, yeah. it was what where I was supposed to be at, but I still didn't have, I didn't have the groundwork that I have now. Right. You know, yeah. I wasn't as foundationally sound as I am now. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, if you hear my story, your testimony, you'll hear yeah. where it's, I was on shaking sand the whole time. So, yeah. but, right. well, Getting back to the beginning of your story, that makes more sense that now, hey, you've got the house to yourself. Mm-hmm. No wonder you made that that jump. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that kind of answers you, your yeah. question, don't, don't it, yeah. Palmer? Make, and then it, when you feel like you're already easy. abandoned and you feel yeah. like your dad, he doesn't care, yeah. and then that's the one person that I know most guys, yeah. they want that attention from their fathers. Oh, yeah. And if he's not there to give it to you, we finna act out. Yeah. 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 And For sure. I, you know, and you're probably looking at it going, I like the feeling that I get from weed. Mm-hmm. And so somebody comes in and says, hey, you won't believe what this will give you. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'll try it. And I've heard from other people, I've never tried it, but I've heard from other people, it's almost instant. Like, you do it once, yeah. that's it. Meth, yeah. meth is one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those, it hooks you by the collar and it drags you with it. Yep. Like, it right. does not waste any time. It gets its claws in you probably first two, three times. Really, right. first time for some folks. Mm-hmm. Right. But when it gets its claws, you're, you're being drug around by that dude. Oh, yeah. Tough. For sure. All right. So, uh, I hate to say it, but now we're addicted to meth. Let's, mm-hmm. let, what's chapter two? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Just throwing it out there. We, we in my notes eat. right here, it says, from here on out for the next 15 years, my life's a blur. Yeah. Okay. Makes in all sense. honesty, it really is. 
Makes sense. I mean, days run together, weeks run together, months run together, years run together. Not right. sleeping. Uh, not sleeping, not partying. Uh, you know, from here on out, you know, Going I'm to get very... flashlights at Walmart. We're not, oh, yes, we're sir. not telling my story. So <laughs> in, in that 15 years of Blur, I'm a very, very successful functioning addict. Mm. And I tell my guys at Voice of Hope all the time that, you know, I really think the, the functioning part of being an addict is the most dangerous yeah. Oh, yeah, because it carries you into a long term addiction. Yeah, and, uh, it, and it continues to fuel that denial of hey, oh, most oh I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I, Especially if you're successful. I got new trucks, nice house. I mean, I don't have a problem. Right, uh. and you just keep on keeping on like that, and in that blur of of just fooling yourself. Yeah, for that, sure. That you don't need help. Yeah. So I once heard it said that. When we're in moments like that, when we're getting high and we're we're catching all of these breaks, mm-hmm. it's it's Satan giving us gifts for worshiping him. Mm. Like Wow. That's and that was that was a hard cookie to swallow. That's a hard bite of life to take is when yeah. you hear something like that, you're just kinda like, Wow. Yeah, I heard a preacher say that, you know, I don't I don't remember who it was, but I heard a preacher say that you're either worshiping God or you're worshiping Satan. There's there There's really no in between. between. We had uh, uh, somebody come to the well church a while back, and she uh, she spoke, and she said, "If you are straddling the fence, keep in mind the devil owns the fence." Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. yeah for sure. Palmer, put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> the devil if you owns straddle the, the fence. So you know, and that goes back fence. to what the Bible says about either if you're either hot or cold. Yeah. Lukewarm, I'm gonna spew you out of my mouth. Also, if you're straddling the fence, you're on the devil's side. Even if you got one foot over here or one foot over here, you're the devil owns the fence. Yeah, well, and that also yeah. goes back to what the Bible says about how you cannot serve two masters. No, you can't. So, man, I I like that. That's a really the devil owns the fence. Yeah, my goodness. I only want five percent. caption. <laughs> You're going to get it because that'll be my next song. <laughs> <laughs> the devil owns the fence. Yeah. I like it. So during that 15 years, you're, you're, you're a functioning addict. You're successful. You got the, the trucks. You got the, the house. Were you able to get married during that time? 2004, I got married. Um, I got a girl pregnant. And so, you know. we That was not your marriage? I'm just trying to we, clarify. Here. I got pre- I got her pregnant before marriage. Okay, same girl. Just making sure. Yeah. <laughs> so just saying the way you said it just confused me. She, he's like, I got married. I got a girl pregnant. <laughs> well, you talking about the same girl? I'm just making sure here. It's one one <laughs> chapter two point five. That's right. <laughs> so we got married because I got her pregnant, and we lost the baby. So oh, here man. here it was that we based this marriage on a baby that. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. So it lasted no time. The next year, 2005, we divorced. Um, But in 2009, I had a breakthrough. Out of my 25-year addiction, I got sober for one year. Whoa. One year. One year, man. That is, man. One year. I moved back then with my mom and dad. They had, daddy had retired. They had moved back. They bought a nice place uh, in in my eyes. I moved back then with them. uh, And I met another girl. I met my wife this time and my daughter. And I, and I tell my guys, I, I really, really want you to just get this, that in that moment of me being sober, me back in church, me living for the Lord again, God blessed that. And he introduced me to the love of my life. 
Amen. Now, I would fall back into addiction, but while I was living right, God sent me my wife. And I tell my guys that all the time that it's, you know, when we're living right, it's when God's going to send us the love of our life. I really believe that with everything within me. But 2010, we got married. Uh, we bought a house. Uh, we got pregnant. Addison, when she and I, uh, when Brittany and I married, Addison was a month and a half old. Uh, she's she's my love of my life. She's my daughter. She's she's my pride and joy. We get pregnant with a boy. So here we have John Junior. Yeah, yeah. John <laughs> John Junior's coming. Uh, we're pregnant with the boy. So 2010, I said I met my wife. We get married. 2011, we buy a house and a and a nice piece of property. Uh, well, I in this moment start updating the house, start remodeling it. And I'm working a full-time job. Uh, I'm uh, redoing this house after work. So I'm wore out. I'm tired. Uh, I, I can't keep going. Uh, we're pregnant. I need to hurry up and get in this house. So what does the devil do? Hey, yeah, just you take this. hey, you remember that one time when you could stay up all night for weeks at a time? Ding, ding, I, ding, ding, ding. I got you. <laughs> So I start dabbling with meth again, and my wife don't know it. So I'm hooked. I'm back in it 100%. Uh, about four months into our pregnancy, we get a phone call from the doctor. Grayson uh, is going to be a trisomy 18 baby. And what does that mean? That's no capability of life whatsoever. It's way, wor way worse than trisomy 21, which is Down syndrome. It's... There's only two cases in the state of Mississippi where the youngins lived to a, a, a decent age, but they was like could not do anything. Right. So in this moment, um, my hiding my addiction from my wife, trying to continue to go to church, trying to have faith and, and, and want to believe that God could heal this baby. Uh, the doctors tried to encourage us to abort, but we didn't. Um, Said the baby would never go full term; that uh, it it would probably miscarriage at about uh, you know half to three quarters of the time of, <clears throat> and um, the baby went full term. Uh, Grayson was born. Um, they said that if he did uh, make it full term, that he would we wouldn't even hear him cry; he would just be born dead. But uh, God gave us two hours with that baby screaming to the top of his lungs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got pictures, uh, videos um, of of Grayson, and but in that moment, Satan seen the ticket to completely destroy my life. Mm -hmm. That's probably the turning point of my addiction. Um, that's when it got went from bad to really bad. Right. Um, I actually, I hated God. I cussed God. Um, I hated my wife. I hated everybody I come in contact with. Um, all I wanted was a child of my own, a boy. And in that moment, Satan really, really, really done me in. Um, but that's a tough situation. A lot of people will never understand. My uh, my no. father had a son uh, with. His last wife, uh, back in 2000, Tristan was born. He lived for mm -hmm. three hours. He had no kidneys. And so there was nothing they could do for him. Yeah. And so, you know, he passed away. There's nothing they could do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, 
I mean, even though it wasn't my child, it was my brother. Yeah. And I was in the same boat. Like, what, yeah. why? Like, why even let us have him? I, I didn't understand it. I'll, I'll still never understand it. Of like, right. why three hours or why two hours? Might have just been easier to just not. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, yeah, a lot of people will never understand that. There is a lot of people that are that are listening to this that will understand that, though. Either, A, from having a, a baby born that way or just losing a child. Or you know, you think you think about yeah, or miscarriage. I mean, you think about Toby Mac. You know, losing his, oh, his yes. son at twenty one, and and um, you know, you just don't understand it. And I don't think we, that's something anybody's ever prepared for. Right, no. and Never it takes a lot of faith and trust in God to get through something like that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but the and pro- still love Him. In the but process. the problem, the problem going through that <clears throat> grieving situation was the in a addiction part. Right? Yeah. It makes it, uh, it just intensifies it. Yeah, I bet. To where yeah. most normal people that's not living in addiction can actually um, grieve and, and, and keep some sort of sense about them to not want to just go crazy. Right. Uh, is, it turns into a multitude of like revenge use, anger yes. use, yes. and then you're mixing in high, the high emotional state that you're already in oh, Lord, because yes. of the use. Yes. I was thinking maybe you're trying to you trying to numb the pain. And it's not right. even just that, though. I mean, you you got it. So it's, it goes into a numbing process, yes. But then you're doing everything against God at that point. You're doing everything against society. Well, it's Anybody rebellion. Who, yeah, 100% rebellion. Saying. I mean, it's just, yep. you're just, you I'll don't show care. You. Yeah. It is, just goes you. into, well, hmm. If I'll show you what I can do. Then. If that's the way it's going right. to be, we've been. This, we this is now. what you do, then this is what I can. Let me yep. show you what I can. I that's got right. to the point. I get that. Like, and I know when I was using rebellious use, got to the point where I was trying to end it. That's how. Like, I was trying to take shots to where I was yep. ending it. You know what I mean? Like, I was not yep. lightweighting it anymore. I was. Yep. I was trying to pack that needle up as as yep. far as it would go to be done. You know, it never worked out that right. way. Thank God. Yeah. But man, yeah. yeah so that's, that's tough. It gets painful, man. Yeah, man, that's... Mm. Well, I think this is a good place to take a commercial break. Let me wipe my eyes. I remember my experience just with my brother. So for you as a father, and now that we're all fathers, um, yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's take a break. We'll uh, pay some bills. Give love to our sponsors. We'll be right back. Unashamed Recovery Podcast is heard around the world in over 42 countries, including over 780 cities in all 50 states here in the United States. People around the world are hearing the message of the hope of recovery from addiction, and that's because of listeners like you who donate, but also because of our sponsors. Local sponsors like D's Automotive in Meridian, Mississippi, serving the East Central Mississippi and West Alabama areas for over 42 years. D's is a name you can trust when it comes to your vehicle. For all your complete car care needs and service and towing and car locks, that's D's Automotive. Go by and see Miss Jeannie, Mike, and the boys at 5024 Poplar Springs Drive. That's 5024 Poplar Springs Drive in Meridian. Or give them a call at 601-482-1800. That's 601-482-1800. 1800 and tell them that Josh and Drew sent you. 
The Unashamed Recovery Podcast is also sponsored by Ended for Good. Ended for Good is a Mississippi-based nonprofit that works on advocacy and education around drug policy in Mississippi. Ended for Good works to help communities understand how health-centered approaches to addiction can help local communities become safer and keep more families thriving. If you're interested in learning more about harm reduction, you can check out Ended for Good on all social media or on their website at enditforgood.com. That's Ended for good.com. Unashamed Recovery is also sponsored internationally by Sober Life Love, a sober dating site made for the sober community. Are you tired of the dating scene revolving around alcohol and drugs? Do you want to find someone who shares your commitment to a sober lifestyle? Look no further than Sober Life Dot love. The Sober Life Love platform is specifically designed for individuals who are sober and seeking a partner who shares in their same values. Whether you're in recovery, prefer not to drink, or simply choose to live a sober lifestyle, we provide a safe and supportive community for you to connect with like-minded individuals. With our advanced matching algorithms, you can find compatible partners who understand your journey and respect your choices. From sober activities to meaningful conversations, our dating services are offers a variety of ways to connect and build relationships. Soberlife.love is the new way to connect with people who understand and support your journey. Join today for free at www.soberlife.love. That's www.soberlife.love. Now back to your normally scheduled programming right here on Unashamed Recovery Podcast. And we're back, and um, as we were talking about before we left for the break, we were talking about how, uh, John, you just lost, you just lost Grayson, and, um, but during the ad break, you had said something extremely important that I think, before we move on to rock bottom and recovery and all that, I, I think our listeners have to hear. So, even though you went through what you went through, tell us what God did through that. Well... Being a uh, director, my wife and I, she's director of Beauty from Ashes and me director of Voice of Hope. We, we get to minister to men and women that, uh, that have lost children, not, maybe not necessarily uh, by death, but maybe right. through courts. Yeah, right. And uh, either, way, either way you look at it, you lost a child, right. whether you voluntarily gave them up or whether you uh, had no choice. Um, but God has used Brittany and I's story on all different platforms uh, to get the glory of us losing Grayson. And all through my addiction, after we lost Grayson, I just could not understand it. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it. And, and the anger and the hurt of having to go through that, now it all makes sense. Is it worth it? Maybe not, but as long as I can help somebody else that's struggling of losing a child, if that's what it takes for somebody else to get some relief, I'm okay with that. We have been able to minister to hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, not just through the recovery centers, but through church, everywhere. It's okay, it gets better. It's always going to hurt. Right. But, and yes, there is a reason for everything. It gets um, better, in, in my opinion, I think it gets better because you're, because just like you said, you're able to use what you've gone through right. to help somebody else. Right. And um, 
a lot of times we don't get to use what we've gone through to help other people. And so when it's this massive and God can get the glory through that, I, th I think another thing that I, I heard God telling me while you were sitting there talking is that God will use the bad things for his good or for your good and for his glory. Completely. Yeah. God allow, I think God allows everything. I don't think anything bad comes from God, but I think it's just like in Job, he'll, he'll allow yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. you to be tested. Right. In such a way where it's not going to kill you. And it, and it doesn't surprise God. You know, no. I think that's, I think that's the, the, the point I'm trying to make is the bad stuff does not surprise God, um, but he's going to use it in somebody like you. He's going to oh, take, yes, he he's going to take that, that situation. He's going to go, okay, I know you went through this and I'm going to grieve with you because mm -hmm. I, I do believe our father grieves with us. Yeah. And so he's grieving with you, but I'm going to use that. I'm going to use you <clears throat> to, to. Most certainly. To help other people. So, no, I don't think God just zaps the lightning bolt down here on us. And, and But, I, you know, I do believe there's consequences to our sin. Yeah. On this side of heaven and there the other go. side of heaven. Yeah. And we got to pay for those sins. And, and sin always gives birth to death. And I, I battled that. I battled that with Grayson, you know, when, when, when Brittany and I, when I, I was high when we made Grayson. Right. So was it something that from the crystal meth that caused that? Was that a consequence of the life that I chose of that life of sin? Yeah. You know, I don't know that, but I, I do believe that we pay for our, a lot of our sins here on earth. Right. I really do. So to all you listeners, that's more of a reason to live for the Lord and quit and, 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 and run from that sin because you never know. I mean, we don't know. We're you know? going to pay the check. Yes, so there's consequence to sin. What was the title of chapter one again? Accountability. Oh, Oh, okay. Yes. I thought we were on chapter two now, but okay. That's good, Drew. <laughs> Is that in your notes? No. <laughs> no, no notes? It's just done from full circle. It comes full circle it's every time. Come. I 100% uh, agree with what you're saying. My personal story is with porn and sex addiction that ultimately led to multiple affairs on my wife. My wife did not leave. She stayed after all of that. And we had our second daughter immediately after all that and when we had our second daughter like two months it was around christmas of 2018 and she went into the hospital wasn't eating they had to put a, a feeding tube down her the week of christmas of 2018 we were in the hospital and i just remember thinking all right this is it i'm the, the, all this is because of what i did i'm this this is a consequence. I'm paying for my sin. And, man, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, we had been eating fast food that whole week. And when we got discharged, my wife was like, I want a hot meal. Let's go get Cracker Barrel. So we called in Cracker Barrel. We picked it up. We are going to go take it home. Well, all we had was a check. We had been in the hospital and had no money on us. Cracker Barrel was like, well, we can't take a check. And I'm like, crap. So anyway, so I'm like, I'm going to go run home, get some money. I'll be back. Can y'all recook the food so it'll be hot? And they're like, no, we can't do that. So the guy behind the cash register is like, here, let me just pay for it. So he paid for our huge meal out of his own pocket. I broke down crying in Cracker Barrel. And I'm like, man, you just don't know the week we've had. Thank you. I was like, man, you just, you just don't know. So we leave, and later that week, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get this guy a gift card. I'm going to take it back up there because he didn't have to do all that. So I go back up to Cracker Barrel, and we get there, and I talk to the manager and tell him what's going on. He's like, not only do we not have any – because I remember the guy's name. 
that he had a name tag. He's like, not only do we have nobody here that works by that name, but nobody looks, I described the guy, he's like, nobody looks like that that works here. Angel. That's insane. And I <laughs> remember leaving Cracker Barrel and getting back in the car and telling my wife what happened. And I broke down, just bawling my eyes out in that car. And I was thinking, it was kind of God's way of saying, this isn't your fault. Because I had a really hard time with forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in that car, just... It was just God's way of just wrapping his arms around like, I forgive you. Forgive yourself. This isn't because of anything that you did. This is just something that happens. But I remember that moment, and it was my first encounter with grace. Wow. And it impacted my life. Man, it, to this day, I, I just told this story the other night at our church life group because we were talking about what's a moment in your life that left you in awe of God. And that was it. Like that was, I was raised Pentecostal, Church of God, just like you. And I was raised in a church that basically taught no grace. It was mm-hmm. Like I grew up thinking God was sitting on the edge of his seat with a lightning bolt, just ready to pop. <laughs> that was my idea yeah. of of God. I didn't have this. You know, it wasn't until recovery that I found. No, oh, God, God, God is grace. Yeah, and. So I, I get it. Yeah. I mean, we did not lose a child by no means. It's not even in the same ballpark. But I, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying with the, you know. Feeling like it's your fault. Yeah. That, or that, yeah, that you did something. That, and, putting that guilt on yourself. Yeah. yeah. My, my dad and his wife, they, they both went through the same thing. I, I think she even blamed him, you know. Um, it's just in that situation, it's just, um, it's hard to deal with, you know yeah. what I mean? So you're looking for a reason. Yeah. Um, okay. So we've lost Grayson. Um, and we know now that it's, it was for God's glory. Yeah. And, uh, where do we go from here, John? So <coughs> now that we're, we're, um, are we 25 years in at this point of, of no, addiction? Not, not quite. Not quite. Not right. quite. So <laughs> at this, this point, we're at the, at, are we at, we're in 2011 right now? This is 2012 when okay, Grayson 2012. Dies. And 2013, guess what? There's another boy. Yeah, yeah! And you can and you got the rights to say yeah, yeah. I was about yeah, to this, say it. I mean, <laughs> thank I you, was, Jesus. I was ready to go out like, yeah, yeah! I was worried. I'm like, Please, Palmer. So when this is looked at, you're going to see my face go. Because <laughs> he said, there was another boy out here. Palmer go, yeah. So Wait, I'm like waiting for it. So so Jace Michael Layton is my little mini-me. He's healthy as he can be. He's God's blessing. So... In this moment of, of, of me beating myself up uh, about grace and, well, that's my fault. It was my, it was my life of sin that, that caused this. So here comes God, and he just confirms that everything good comes from God. Right. Grayson was a blessing from God. Right. Regardless of what happened, now here's Jace. Jace is a blessing from God. That's right. That child, that boy I always wanted, here he is. And he's healthy. He's a little athlete. He is... 
that's, it, that would just have to be a whole nother podcast of where my kids are today. But, <laughs> so that's 2013. Okay, so I, I'm 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 still, you know, we we dig in our hole to rock bottom. But you know, actually, when you think you're at rock bottom, rock bottom has a basement. Yeah, most definitely. Yep. So I've heard that a lot. Here we are because now. You, you think it's the end of it, and the next thing you know, you go <laughs> down get no four more, more steps, yeah. and then you you find yourself twenty five steps deep. So into rock bottom. <laughs> 2015. We'll fast forward two years. Here comes. Here you go, Palmer. Another boy. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle and Lee Layton, and he was born addicted. Mm. Mm. Back, back up just a little bit. My wife had an. She stayed clean all up to about two thousand and uh, right here around this time. So basically, right after the one child, yeah, passed, yeah. So she started kind of. That was her trauma. She she was, was trauma she moment. was doing the Lord tab thing. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh, this this is where I started digging the hole to rock bottom right here, um, with a backhoe. With a backhoe, so <laughs> Lord Tabs was costing me out the yin yang. Is that okay to say on there? That's most of it. So yin yang. I prefer twins. you say that than other things. Go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> the wazoo. What it's costing me an arm and a leg to buy Lord Tabs from people. So what? So this is an addiction that you know about. So she's addicted. And you're addicted to lower tabs? No, 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 no. I, I didn't. I didn't do the lower tabs. Okay, just so, her. Just her. So obviously, so like I, I was said, buying the lower tabs for her because that was time her out. coping. Time out. Because you just sent me on a whole different trip right then. <laughs> Say you were buying the lower tabs for her so you could still get high without being caught. You took the words right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. She didn't even know about my my addiction, right? But you knew all about you know, hers. It was in the forefront. <laughs> I liked Valiums, so I had her thinking that my Valiums that I was buying. Was what keeping me up all night, hmm. and she believed it for a while. Mm. So in that moment <laughs> of me having to spend all this money on her lower tabs, I was like, you know what? I know a cheaper way. If you like that up, that up buzz. <sighs> Here, Brittany, welcome to Crystal Meth. Oh man! <laughs> now, yeah, man. L- let me rewind just a little bit more. Let's see. If we're gonna be honest. Let's be completely honest. She finally found my pipe in my truck. Is that what? So, it was? so she knew. At this moment, she knew that I've been lying to her. Okay, John's on meth. Well, now she's starting to, our relationship is just terrible. So she wants to be able to grow in our relationship. So she's thinking, this is Satan, telling her, you know what? Maybe if y'all get high together, y'all's relationship will get better. That's right. People so, in the family that gets high together stays together. Yes. <laughs> so here it no, is. They die together. Yes, they die together. I introduced her to the demon I've been fighting for 15 years. Mm. So now she's, and this is about the time Kylan was born. I needed to back up and get that right. So now Kai. That's that's I, the reason I jumped in there is because I was confused. I I was like, okay, she has to be addicted to something <clears throat> yeah. to for, for him, him to, to have be to, uh, yep. to be dependent on. Yep. Right. He's born addicted to crystal meth. Mm. Um she actually misses a couple doctor visits, uh, checkups, and uh, she and her uh, our, her doctor was friends. Uh, they, she knew us pretty good, and she's like, hey, what's going on? Something going on. You done missed two doctor visits. So <laughs> here we are. She goes to the doctor visit. She fails the drug test. 
man. <laughs> they call CPS. They call CPS. Yep. <laughs> so the day, this was, you know, just in a few months of having Kyle and so we we're at the doctor's office. We're at the hospital getting ready to have them. Well, here before the they put her under, uh, here comes CPS, and um, they didn't take the baby from us. But she had for the next six months, she had to uh, show up for drug tests once a week, then supervised visits. Yes. They had to come in and do the paperwork. If some, if one little thing was off, all of that. If one little thing was off, they all of that. Kid. Like, <laughs> so at that point, though, <clears throat> it, this didn't have to be in the podcast. But I just, just question for myself. At that point, though, like, do they take? If they come take him, do they take all of them? Uh, that's a probability. <clears throat> Probably, for sure. Right? No, I mean for sure. Yeah. Uh, it just depends on what state not the just, other two look like they're in. Yeah, it's not but, just the baby that's that's addicted. Yeah. Like it, well, um, all kids so are in. They look for like key factors. How does the house look? How do they have groceries? Is are their butts changed? That's clean? the that's the dangerous part of that functioning that I was talking about. Yeah, earlier. because you can look like everything's peachy clean yes. and perfect on the outside. That's the dangerous part but of it's that. It's a functioning. real crap show on the inside. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay, so CPS gives you six months. Yeah, and uh, she she goes through that six months of uh, I don't know how not using uh, a passing ever drug test, so no trouble. We 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 move on. Um, uh, they only test her. They CPS only test, yes. only test her. Yes. If it's the state of Mississippi, the mother's the only one that they're yes. concerned about. That's crazy. Yep. Unless the father's trying to go for custody or trying to, you know. Yeah, but you would think that because y'all are married and together, and like, they, it's not about the it's not about the dad. And the state of Mississippi <laughs> is not about the father. Look here, Mississippi, y'all gotta y'all gotta get your act together. <laughs> I mean, man. I'm just it's not honest. just it's not Am just right? the mama. We should have been right. testing. I mean, because in the state of Mississippi, it's all about what the mom's doing. <clears throat> so I, right here would be a good time for me to throw in um, uh, before we talk about my rock bottom as my pastor, Jeremy Smith. Uh, him and Jennifer Smith, uh, they, they, they're mine and Brittany's everything. Uh, they, they are just awesome people. Heart for the broken. They already had a heart, a vision for recovery. Uh, Pastor Jeremy had already get, um, God had already given Pastor Jeremy the vision for a recovery center, and he's seen the ticket to the recovery center through me and Brittany before we really even knew it. Right, man. But he just kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. Never, 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 never looked down on us. He, he always was like, hey, let me get y'all help. At this point, everybody, pretty much, you know, a lot of people know here since CPS is involved at the hospital right. about Kai. So it kind of comes <clears throat> to the surface. So let me, you think God kind of outed you on purpose at that point because that was going to be the turning point of your life? So you're in the same kind of situation, the same scenario where you just lost a kid. Mm -hmm. In the hospital, now you're about to lose a kid, yep. not physically lose him. Well, not sp not not losing, through death, not through death. It wasn't but you're going to lose. It wasn't time yet. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I see exactly. That what God you're was just kind of lining you up and saying, "All right, so this is where we're at. You're on that fence right now." Yes, he he was he was slapping my wrist. Yeah, he he was trying to get my attention. Right, but hey, it wake gets up. Come on, but it gets hey worse. hey hey hey. Oh wow, it gets worse. <laughs> It gets worse. So, right. Pastor right. pushed. So huh? Go get go get the popcorn popped and and, and pull up a seat. He, he's, he's done. Gave us a little warning. It, it gets worse. It gets worse. Dun, dun, dun. It does get worse. So, Pastor's pushing for us to go to recovery. Right after this, 2017, our house burns. Mm. Everything. The house that was built on lies. Yes. 
That's right. If you want me to be honest, I mean, you know, just, Drew, you just gave me a breakthrough right there. <laughs> you, I'm serious. You gave me a breakthrough. I've been struggling with that, man. Really? That that was that you worked so hard to to build that, but house, all, and then you lost it, and it was built on lies. It was built on lies. I all think we it. should change the name of this episode to House of Lies. <laughs> so that was, dude. I it's just a revelation, a, man. It's yeah, just something right. that God just keeps, you know, he's just spitting stuff at me right now. Yeah. And so that, that as soon as you said it, I mean, it was just kind of like, well, that's a house of lies. I mean, yeah. that, of you course, that's that going to go. But I'll, this is one of the most embarrassing parts of my addiction. I want to throw this in here because somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to know this. So the morning of our house burnt, Jace, my oldest son, while I was outside in my man cave in the storage room under my carport getting high, Brittany trying to get the kids ready for school. Jace floods the the bathroom commode. I don't know what he puts, like two or three rolls of toilet paper in there. And literally. As boys will do. Yes. So while I'm outside, I want to bring this to somebody. It's embarrassing, but I want to bring it to somebody's attention. While I was outside getting high, doing what I shouldn't have been doing, I should have been in there helping my wife get the kids ready for school or for daycare. Jace has flooded the house. So you remember that I told y'all earlier about the – we got a a laptop that's got a video of of when those two hours when Grayson was alive mm-hmm. was on a laptop mm-hmm. just on the other side of the bathroom wall right there as you walk into our bathroom where the water had come into the house into the bedroom and so saturated the floor the carpet under that uh green tote that had our laptop of our only pictures of our kid <sighs> under it so i walk in the house i literally my beat God. my son for doing that, and him's he's he's two years, three years old. No understanding. Of what no understanding. Really no. Yeah. So our house burns that morning while I'm at work, and we come home. Had he not flooded that bathroom, we would have no pictures of Grayson. Everything in our house is completely disintegrated except for that one spot where the carpet was wet because he flooded the bathroom. It, the laptop was saved. Oh my wow. goodness! Wow. Wow. So in that moment, so did you have to go back and like hug his neck? After Holy, that one? I mean, <laughs> Holy Spirit, you know, check me. That had it not been for that, yeah, we would have no, oh man, no, no, Nothing. no pictures of Grayson, no video of Grayson or anything. It'd just been a memory at that. Rosemary yeah. Sullivan on Free Bird Bell Bonds and 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 McGee or and Raleigh Mize. I'm sorry. She took the laptop. It was melted, but she took she had she knew somebody that she got the hard drive pulled out of it and was able to save the pictures. That's awesome. Amen. So, but I that's yeah. embarrassing for me. It really is. That's that that unashamed that right there. That's why we don't need to be ashamed to tell parts right. of our testimony because what's shame what what's, what hurts us so bad to tell is going to set somebody else free. That's right. One of my favorite sayings, and it's actually what led to. The creation of this podcast was I read this quote that said the shame in your story when we when we when we share our story out loud with others our shame becomes a survival guide for others. Wow, that's good. Yep, and good. man, like it's the truth. Like yeah. when we can talk about those things, mm-hmm. somebody else is going through it. Here's it knows there's a way out yep. or they can resonate. Hey, because that was my thing. When I hit recovery, I thought I was alone. Yeah, I thought I was the only person in the world going through what I was going through. And when I heard other people talking about it for the first time in my life, I was like, man, I'm not alone. Yeah. And there's hope in that. There's hope in that. And so, yeah. So, yes. No doubt. It's awesome. No doubt somebody needs to hear that. Yeah. So, 
You know what comes after our house burn? Insurance. Yes. Drug yeah. testing everybody. Well, insurance, CPS is getting tougher. And, I mean, because <clears throat> obviously there's an issue. It's a greater issue. So it's, <laughs> it's the insurance check in six months' time is spent on drugs. Mm. A good a good chunk. Mm. Man, so crazy. in that six months' time, uh, I almost beat Brittany to death. She's had three operations. Uh, I break her all to pieces. Her family come in and pull her out. We're living in a camper with uh, with uh, three kids. five of us, me and her, and three kids. Um, so my kids were my God. I didn't put my kids even through my that other part of that being functional was, was so dangerous. It was uh, I was able to raise my kids and, and live that life. Right. But so I love my kids. So when her family pulled her out, they they just disappeared one day and and. At this point in time, I'm, I got domestic violence charges. There, there's, there's protection order. Uh, you know, can't go around. So I go a month without seeing my kids. I, I've done cuss my dad out, my my pastor out, threatened to have them arrested to get off my property. Uh, um, I'm mad. I'm angry. Uh, I, I've, I've already thought about killing myself uh, and was really, really close to doing it. I was very suicidal. Um, so I load up my, my guns. Uh, I'm actually on my way to my wife's family's house to kill them and take my kids. Mm. My brother catches wind of it. He calls uh, Smith County Sheriff's Department, Jasper County Sheriff's Department, said he's coming and he's for real. He ain't playing. And I wasn't. So I leave my house, and I make it three miles from the house, and I have two blowouts at one time. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if God ain't trying to say, stop what you're doing, yes. stop what you do, slow down, let's think this through real quick. And in that moment, you know, my dad, he's following me. He, you know, he's he's like, you know, I'm I'm either I'm, and and he told me after the fact, he said, John, I was gonna kill you. He said I was gonna. That even hurts for him to have to tell me that. But he was literally following me to kill me before I killed everybody else. His his own son. Before, before, before I went to the extent of killing my wife and her whole family, of me having to spend the rest of my life in prison, he was willing to kill his son to stop all that from what, happening. What if that was a testament for him, too, though? Whew. What if that was Man. the Abraham Isaac for him yes. as well? That's good. You know what I'm saying? Yes. What if oh, that certainly. was just one of those moments where it's not only touching your heart, but it's having to touch his, too? Yes. Right. That God's like, hey, I'm going to get two in one on this one. Yeah. You can, know? That's right. Can we stop, though, for just a yeah, second? absolutely. And, and think about this. This is our third testimony this season where somebody was in a car en route to ruin their life. Even further. And, and yeah. God stepped in in the middle of a car ride and just changed the entire trajectory of the Hold on, the you story. said this was Raleigh and Mize. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's all southwest Mississippi. Do I need to drive, take a drive down well, south? Well, <laughs> well, well, John was in, John and Amber was Jackson. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's still southwest but, Mississippi. But I'm just saying, but, yeah, but still, like, this, this is our Thursday. Testimony this season where yeah, this has happened. Like wow. So many people whew. would use the blowout as, you know, like, 
You know, when you're going to, going to work and you have a blowout. Oh, the devil did it. The devil did it. Well, no, God's in this case, you out and, Yeah, in this case and in a lot of cases, God's like, hold on, I need you to pause. Slow down. <laughs> so you're not listening. That's right. You're still not listening? That was, that was a, okay. You're, you're not still listening. still slapping me on my wrist. <laughs> now yeah. you'll listen. <laughs> now you're stopped. <laughs> right. So two blowouts, what happens after that? So my dad pulls up behind me, of course, in tears. Uh, he knows uh, that... It was God. He knows God intervened, and in that in that moment, I, I did have a I did have a come to Jesus uh, vision that 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 I realized that God kept me from going to prison for the rest of my life, and um, so I go back with my dad and I, I settle down for a little bit, but it it, it only gets worse again from here. Um, my wife has filed for divorce at this point. Uh, she's she she's pressured into it by her family, and I can't blame them. Right. Um, so we end up in court, and can I tell this funny part of my testimony? Yeah, of course. Sure. Somebody needs to hear how stupid I was. So, like, <laughs> they hear how stupid my I man cave yeah, yeah, was under my carport, and I kept my my homeboys kept going by there getting my pipe and smoking all my dope out of it while I was going to work. So I put a camera up in there to figure out who's doing it. Well, I forget about it. Mm. So here, my wife's got a Sims card with hundreds of pictures of me smoking the pipe. So yeah. she takes it to court. Yeah, she does. Oh, man. <laughs> she said, you, you think you're going to win? Yes, she does. You think you're going to win this one? I got proof on you, dog. <laughs> but what she didn't realize is that any judge in his right mind, when there's a custody battle, is not only going to, like you was talking about earlier, not only is he going to drug test me, he's going to go after everybody. He's going to drug test everybody. Yep. Right. So. In this moment, he sends us, court orders us to the next day to have a hair follicle test done. Seven years. My, Seven keep in years. mind, my wife, is all, she's, three, she's got like three or four months of sobriety before me because she had already quit at this time. So she's got it whooped. She thinks she's got it whooped. We're going to go take a urine test, <laughs> and it's going to be all good. That hair follicle test is something serious. So we... <laughs> Show back up. Of course, the results go to the judge. Uh, we show back up for court, and he tells us, this is my rock bottom. This is where my basement of rock bottom was. Right. Sitting there in front of that judge and him looking me in my eyes and telling me that I would n never see my kids again after that day until I was clean for a very long time. He took custody of our children from both of us, all three of our kids right then. Ooh. So that answers your question. <clears throat> Yeah, they finally decided to do both parents. That's great. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> about time. We could look. We could have. We could have bypassed all the trying to kill people if we'd have just drug tested both both parents at the same time. Come on, my, maybe, in the beginning, I'm right? Just saying, if maybe, we'd have done but, it from but, the get go, we would have known. Time out. Both time you two out. are doing it wrong. We the all thing. know that the valley has to be long. Sometimes, I get it. I'm just saying. Come on, Mississippi. It has to be long and difficult. Anyway, I mean, it's part of. The Thank you, of Jesus, the for stopping the, the killing of so, everybody. Long suffering at my rock bottom basement of rock bottom mm -hmm. was the same day that we go to recovery. So my pastor had been preaching it to us for five years. Please let me get you some help. Please let me get you some help. Please let you get me get you some help. Oh, I don't need no help. I'm fine. <laughs> Bless that guy, by the way. I, I mean, don't need any help. People I'm fine. that people that will but when endure it the long coming, suffering. I, I with guarantee you, when it started to come to the limelight, he was just like, "I tried to 
tell you, <laughs> get you some help. That's what I'm saying. Like, bless that guy because I mean, people that, that will, takes a, that, that takes an amount of patience. Be with you for that long. Five years been trying to say, hey, let me help you. Let me help you. But this Amen. is this is the thing. Is he had an insight with God? Oh yeah. God had already showed him what the vision of Voice of Hope and Beauty from Ashes. He had already seen it. He already knew. Right. And he just didn't know when. Right. And my mom and dad had already been prophesied over at uh, All Seasons Church in Forest by a pastor during a youth camp that the prodigal that their prodigal son that had been running from God for twenty something years was coming home. And that uh, that Jeremy and I would be on stage together preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are. That's awesome. So at this this point, Jeremy sends us to Damascus Road and Jacob's Well. Damascus Road. Yep, I had a Damascus Road experience. Nice. <laughs> yes, it's an awesome yes. name for a recovery place. Yeah. Of all the places that he could, that y'all could have <laughs> went, y'all y'all went there. Wait, like that. Who, so who sent you? Jeremy sent you to Damascus Road, or did the court? The judge did not court order us. What? Okay, he, once again, Mississippi, we're gonna have to. <laughs> no. Do you ever think that God intervenes and says, "I'm gonna give him the choice this time"? He's had a choice on everything else, and finally, guess what? I'm gonna give him this last choice. If he makes the wrong decision, then I'm gonna really blow it up. But you know. I, this judge, um, I believe he was God sent by, with everything within me. You know, he allowed us to make the decision. Either you can get your kids back, you can go and do what you need to do to get your kids back, or you can just keep doing what you're doing. Here's what I noticed about people in recovery, though, or pre-recovery. You're never going to do it until you make the decision. Oh, yeah. It don't matter if yep. you're court-ordered, if somebody's going right. to leave, That's if right. there's a divorce on the table, somebody ready to take the kids, all that stuff. Yep. No change until ever happens until you say, ready. I can't do this. That's right. Yep. What's, the, I, what's that uh, cliche saying in recovery? Sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yeah. Yep. Sick and tired has caused about more change. Or we can go with my, my favorite yeah. statement, yeah. if nothing changes, nothing, nothing changes. changes. That's right. And so if you want to change, you've got to change something. Yeah. yeah. Man. Well, that, I guess in that that situation, I, I, in that scenario, I'm glad he gave y'all did not court order you somewhere. Well, I mean, you're more you witness to it, right? So, okay, I get it. You're okay for now, Mississippi. So it's the the, the, <laughs> the Damascus Road Pastor Jeremy Smith and Pastor Clarence Tillman. <laughs> Todd and Todd Tillman and Jeremy grew up together since they was that tall. Oh, they really? were best friends. Man. Oh, wow. So Small world. Pastor T, Jeremy already, Pastor T was Jeremy's other dad. Yeah. So they had been working on this, praying for this for five or six years for me and Brittany to come down there to get help. And they never quit. And then then we go. Boom. And, dude, it's a, it's a whole other story for another, just just at yeah. recovery. I mean, it's crazy yeah. of, of what God's working on, working out right now. Right. Well, you know. We're getting ready to go into our, our longest year next year with 30 episodes. I'm sure we'll have you come back and, and, and share just about that. Yeah. So, so 30 episodes with y'all? 30, yes. 30 episodes. You do. So, God's going to hold your hand. So Thank you, Jesus. You get into Damascus Road. I'm assuming that you stick it through and complete that program. Yeah, I'm assuming. I, I leave three times. Oh. Of course you do. I leave three times. Matter of fact, Pastor T tells everybody I, I hold the record of leaving and coming back. And um, third time. So now at Voice of Hope, <laughs> I, I'll allow you three three leaves. Oh man! I used what I did. Yeah. 
in my program. So, you know, I'm going to give you three chances. If you the, After the third chance, no more. Yeah, I mean, three strikes, you're out. That's right. Kind of a deal. Yeah. It's a baseball thing. Oh, most of <laughs> oh, Hey, full it's a full circle. circle. It goes back to the baseball, <laughs> man. Palmer, that's great, dude. I got two revelations today. I, we may have to distribute video on that one because the look on his face, it was just kind of like, hey. That's wild. So, so real quick, let me, let me just tell this one part. So while in recovery, I, I leave three times, so I, I'm three months behind Brittany. So she stayed the whole like she. Yes, never, she, she didn't never leave. Left. She didn't leave. So okay. I finally, I finally have a, 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 a get a revelation from God. I almost die, literally. So I, I go back. I stay. So at my ninety day mark, we were supposed to be able to start marriage counseling at three months in. So here, I had to wait to. She's like almost about to graduate, and here I am about to reach my ninety day mark. So. At this point, let me keep in mind that I'm doing this to get my wife back and my kids back. I still go in there with the mindset, I'll never quit smoking weed. I'm going to at least do that. God so put, so you, you've got your mindset Yeah, up. God put that seed here for me to enjoy. Just like he, he does a lot of people. Uh, Satan does a lot of people like that. So <clears throat> we go to the counseling session, and I sit down. I'm like, man, yeah, I can't wait. to just. She's, I'm, I'm looking good. I got some weight back on me. I've been working out. She's going to tell me she loves me and all this. I walk into a counseling session. She says, I never want to be with you again. Whew. You talk about having the wind knocked out of you. Yes. Yeah. But that, that makes your heart go to the pit of your stomach. Really at quick. this point, God's finally got my attention, Drew. Nice. He's finally got my attention. I got to do it for John. Regardless of whether Brittany wants me back, regardless of how bad my kids need me, if I don't do it for me, I can't do it for nobody else. So in this, in this moment, I start working the program. And in this moment, Jeremy's already, Brittany's already uh, had a vision of a recovery center. He keeps, he goes back, visit Brittany, said, what you want to do when you graduate? What you want to do when you graduate? She's like, I want to work with broken women. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to start a recovery center, but I know there's no way we'll ever be able to. Well, the whole time we're in recovery, Jeremy's working out the well church in McGee. We get this facility. That's the new beauty from ashes. So we graduate. She graduates. She, that comes back. Uh, I graduate. I come back. We we re- basically rebuild the well church. We we plant beauty from ashes, and uh, eight months later we plant voice of hope, and uh, then we plant the mommy and me program at beauty from ashes. Now we done planted the foundation ministry in Raleigh. Whew. So God has just took our mess and turned it into His message. So the the mommy and me that's where they get to go and take have their kids. With yes, them. beauty from ashes is a nine month program. Right, but at six months and and sometimes maybe a little before depending the the, the situation, uh, we 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 can actually bring the kids in with the mom the the latter part of the program. We want them to get while they're there the first five to six months what they need to 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 get sober right. and and to get the foundation back on them or what what they need and then we bring the kids back in them and we have seen so many moms get their kids back through that program that's, I think awesome. That, that's, that's awesome that to me is more healthy and reintroducing somebody into society that's been yeah. an addict for so oh, long yeah. oh yeah for sure mm-hmm. it's to kind of wean them back in with you know yeah. little uh, pri- at that point it is a privilege I'm sorry it's yeah. a right yeah. to have your kids but it's a privilege in a, right. in a place like that right because a lot of rehab facilities do not 
condone kids being on the premises, visits, anything. Yep. You know, it gets pretty tough when you're in situations like that because it adds more trauma because you're isolated. Yeah. Yep. You know, so I thank y'all for taking the isolation Most part certainly. out of that. And that way people can actually start to have a natural recovery. Yep. Yep. You know, and it's probably so, more uh, more of a success rate with that right. as well. So before we get, get any further, can I just ask, like, at what point... Is it because she starts building Beauty for Ashes and then you start building Voice Voice for Hope that we bring the family back together? Or how does the family come back together? <laughs> so when I graduate Damascus Road, Brittany comes to my graduation. Even uh, though she hates your guts. Even though she hates my guts. Good job. So we, we, yes, I love you, Brittany. I know you're going to be listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> so she tells me she didn't hate you per se. It was the spirit that, that dwelled within. Correct. She still loves me, but she just wasn't sure if I would ever change. Even though she's seen a change, she wasn't too sure if it was the change. Right. Uh, so in this moment, rightfully so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most certainly. Yeah. It's like seven or eight months before she would even go out on a date with me. So. I, my my secondary program was was building the well church, getting ready to plant beauty from ashes and voice of hope. So I'm working with my pastor and my dad. We're doing all this work. She's still not dating me. She's in the background. Uh, she's uh, I'm living with my mom and dad. We got a camper set up behind her house. She's living in the camper. One night she sleeps with the kids. The next night they come sleep with me and mom and uh, and daddy, uh, and in their house. So like eight months, I'm walking this thing out, and she says, "You know what? He really has changed." And uh, like we went out on a date, and uh, she actually let me kiss her on that date. Man. Kids, close your ears. So Keep it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was, in all honesty, it was about a year. And, and somebody needs to hear this that's, that's, that's got a husband or a boyfriend or something like that. If you got a boyfriend, you don't need to be sleeping with him anyway. That's right. But you need to make sure that man's walking it out before you give in to him. And that's she right. did. It was a year before we come together. There's and I think God will tell God will tell you that yeah. if you're truly in 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 tune and walking with God, yes, uh, as a, a woman or a man, God will let you know yeah. for sure, and He'll back it up with Scripture. Yes, when will. it's time for you to be. Yes, and will. also, yeah, I I always encourage second chances because my my own story, you know, infidelity and all that, and you my better. wife and my wife coming back. So I always encourage the second uh, second chances. But what I like to tell people is. Not every situation requires a second chance. Like, my wife gave me a second chance because she saw the change. That's right. Just like with you. Yep. If you're not seeing a change, Walk there's away. a good possibility <laughs> that it's going to happen again. Especially yeah. after what John did. I yep. mean, he oh, yeah. beat her to death. Yeah. Yeah. Or, so, you know, there's got to be a change. It's it's got to, taking, got that, to be. taking that time to slowly date yeah, that's and awesome. to, to, to see if they're the dust up. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Like yeah. that, and me and my wife had to do that. Like I had to date my wife after she came back home. Like mm-hmm. I had to date. I did. I'm just gonna be honest with all three of y'all. <laughs> there would not be a second chance with me. My wife owns a gun. She's a great shot. She would have done killed me if I did any of the things no. y'all did. <laughs> any of the things y'all did. No I'd be Palmer. There would no be Palmer no Palmer here <laughs> at all. There would be no second chance. No producer. No. Right. I would no not producer. be here. We would not be at the point. And the, the, the funny thing is, the judge would let her get away with it. I'm sure of it. 
Yeah. The judge like he he deserved it. He deserved it. Yeah. I heard about that guy. He deserved it. All right. So as we as we wrap this thing up and come to a close, I, I've got to ask just for all of our our listeners out there, what are you doing now that is to help you maintain this sobriety? Like what what are you doing now? I'm in a meeting every night. Boom. Every night. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Run that back. You're doing what every night? I'm literally in a meeting of some sort every single night. You have to invest in your recovery. He's such better than I am. So, uh, I mean, you have to invest in it. And if it's not necessarily a recovery meeting like a CR or something like that, then it's, it's, it's in a devotion at Voice of Hope. Uh, we do yeah. devotions every night, every morning there. Um, you know, and, and I, and I will back up and say this for the, just for the record, uh, if anybody's struggling with the idea of God, if, if God could ever use somebody like you, that's lived a life of just pure misery, I'm an ordained minister in the church of God, me and my wife both are, and, uh, with credentialed licensed minister. And, um, if God can use somebody like me or somebody like her, he can use somebody like you too. Amen. But it takes every single day of making the decision to uh, today I'm going to stay sober. Today I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get in the word every day. I'm going to go to a meeting tonight. I'm going to even though that meeting may not be for you that night, you need to be there at a meeting for somebody else. Yeah. Twelfth stepping. Because somebody needs to hear your story, just like with the deal with Grayson. How many times have I told that story at a recovery meeting for somebody else going through the exact same thing that she and I went through and came out of, we can sow into their life. That's why you go to a meeting. It may not be necessarily for you, but it may be God using you to minister to somebody else yep, at that meeting. I had, I had to tell somebody the other day on Facebook, like she, she posted, um, I'm completely worthless or I'm completely failing. I can't remember. And I just point blank told her, I was like, we have to remember that we're called sheep for a reason. We're not meant to, we're not load bearing animals. Yeah. No, we were never meant to carry any of this. We we're yep. always meant to give it to God. Yep. And so being in a meeting or yep. being at church or being around people uh, that believe uh, the same things we believe mm-hmm. or uh, that's all part of it. It's yep. uh, we're meant to lean on each other yep. and lean and lean, of course, lean on God. But we're also meant to lean on each other. Yeah. You know, so being in those meetings, like you just said, might not be for you. You yep. might be there because somebody else <clears throat> needs you there. Yep. Yeah, so that's awesome. I tell people all the time. I, uh, you got David. Whenever the they uh, the Malachites, um, whenever they burned his place at Ziglag, whenever he was uh, at war, and uh, when he when he got fired, he was basically working for the Philistines, and he got him and his crew got his men got fired. So uh, they was at the brook Besor, and you had four hundred men that was too weary to go across the creek with them. That David had to cross the creek without those ones that, that was so weak. That's the time you got to purge those people out of your life. You can't carry drama across the brook because they're going to hold you down. They're going to hold you back. But what I love so much about that story, at the end, David comes back to the brook. 
in that moment where you've walked this thing out called recovery, when you proved yourself to your loved ones, you know what? They did change. At that moment, God will use you to go back to that brook, Besor, and minister to those people that were too weary to go on with you. Ooh. In that moment, God can use you, and he will use you to go back, but not a minute before he's ready. That's right. You can't go right back to the brook right away. you got to wait till you're ready to be able to minister to those people that you left behind. That's right. And for nice. all you out there listening, in essence, that is the 12th step. Going out there after one more and uh, tell them of how you got pulled out of the pit. That's right. Man. Back That's in, it. Back You're going Egypt. back yep. to, to tell more people. Yep. Don't go back to the brook thirsty, though. That's right. <laughs> Amen. That's right. You can't go back to Egypt needing Egypt. Yeah. God gave me these words after we started Voice of Hope. The broken, leading the broken to lead the broken. Broken. John Layton, a voice of hope, was so broken that Jeremy Smith seen something in him. God showed him something that of, of, about me that God could use. I was the broken. Now I'm leading the broken to lead the broken. Now I got Mr. Tim. He is the house director of Voice of Hope. He come through my program. Now he's house director of Voice of Hope. Chris Neal graduated Voice of Hope. Now he's director of the Foundation Ministries. The broken leading the broken to lead the broken. Put it on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. <clears throat> Man. That's what I was looking up a minute ago. Uh, was like the Hebrew meaning for the number three. Because mm-hmm. you were saying that it was three months you were behind your wife and then y'all have three kids and y'all, it was kind of like the third incident. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about three strikes. So the, the theme there was three. Uh, and that's just always three. Yeah, I know. Trinity, <laughs> Trinity, 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 but it always just goes back to new beginnings yeah. when we're talking about three. Wow. That's right. That's good. Well, before we wrap up, I know what Josh is going to say. John, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know or hear or that they just have to hear from you. Or That's what if you there's somebody out there going through what John was going through, Sorry, when John needed to hear a message, what would you say to, to, to that person that's going through what you did? There's hope only in Jesus Christ. Only. Amen. Amen. We've said it only. a million times on this show. Like, There's great programs out there like AA. Great programs. But we truly believe for for you to come out, for you to come out of your addiction and truly recover, like you've got to have God. Yeah, you know no that's why that's why it. you have Voice of Hope. That's why you have CR. Yep. That's why you have Restore the Broken. That's why you have uh, Broken Bent Not Broken. Bent, yep. broken. That's why you, you have, have. That's why you have Unashamed Recovery. That's right. That's exactly. Amen. All right. Well, John, as we get ready to wrap this thing up, if somebody wants to reach out to you, maybe they want you to come speak at their recovery group, or maybe they want to, because we have other friends with recovery podcasts. Maybe they want you to come on their podcast, or maybe somebody is out there. And their loved one is needing some help, and they want to contact you for Voice of Hope. How can somebody get in contact? With our What's phone, the best way? our phone number is six zero one nine two one 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 six four, and you can look us up on on Facebook, uh, Voice of Hope, uh, on our women's side. It's Beauty from Ashes. Uh, that phone number I gave is for our men and women's side, so it's it's the same number. Uh, look look me up on uh, a messenger on Facebook, John. John Layton, uh, you can look my wife up on uh, Facebook and Messenger. Beauty from Ash, I mean Brittany Layton. Uh, she's she's very beautiful, and she did come from ashes. So uh, even if I did almost kill her, but we'll we'll have 
all that information in our show notes so you'll have access to all that listening we'll put the uh, links to the beauty from ashes facebook page we'll put the link for voice of hope man i i think today has been a a good episode if if you didn't get anything uh, out of something this, if, if you didn't hear a message of hope today i, I ain't nothing I can you do. weren't listening I mean, <laughs> my goodness that means go back play yeah. it again that's right yeah Amen. And then slow it down if you got to. Yeah. You know, listen to it in half speed. But there's something here for everybody. Well, John, we sure appreciate you being here. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I personally, since this is my first time getting to get to meet you, it's it's an honor to Amen. get to, to hear your story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll never know forget people, you, Palmer. To know that there's somebody out there. <laughs> to know there's somebody out there crazier than I am. Yep. Is amazing. Definitely. Yep. Awesome. Well. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Unashamed Recovery. I hope you have found it helpful and encouraging. And if you're listening and still in the darkness of addiction, we hope that today's testimony has been a lighthouse guiding you out of that pit and into the hope of sobriety and recovery. And we are coming to the end of this season. I know you're sad. You're probably depressed thinking about it that another season has come to the end. Well, don't get too depressed. We're not stopping, as in years past. We are continuing on. This episode will find you on December 11th. Our next episode will be December 25th, Blue Christmas, Surviving the Grief During the Holidays. We're going to be talking about grief. And then our next episode is Renewal, Breaking Generational Curses with Monica Weber. That's going to premiere... January the 8th. So we're not stopping. We're continuing on. We're going to have some great stuff coming your way. We're also bringing back the video component of the podcast. I know you've missed our beautiful faces. We're bringing that back. That will find you on the January 8th episode. We're looking forward to it with our beautiful stage that we're on here at the point. And also t-shirts swing by unashamedrecovery.com get you a god loves broken t-shirt help support the podcast or a hoodie hoodie. the stories of hope hoodie go by and get you one of those want more recovery content visit our brand new website unashamedrecovery.com for our new sobriety and recovery themed blogs to take you deeper into your sobriety and recovery journeys that's where you'll also find all the links to our social media there you can even donate to the show to help us reach more people still lost in the darkness of addiction also check out more amazing recovery podcasts over at take 12 recovery radio recovery podcast network the link is in the show notes as well as under the partners page on the new website that is all for this episode Remember to stay sober and above all else to keep 12th stepping as you stay unashamed. We love you.
Show me.